This is Reversing Labs' new podcast, and every couple of weeks we're coming to you with discussions with some of the leading threat intelligence analysts, threat researchers, reverse malware engineers, and folks who are really you know close to the ground in understanding new malware and helping companies defend themselves from it. Uh, and uh, this episode's a great example of that. We got some amazing talent on the line. Um, just a couple things on the format. Uh, basically, this is just an open discussion. Uh, and we do take questions from the audience. So there is, uh, we're using Zoom webinars, there's a Q&A uh, feature, and please feel free to use it because we're going to be we're leaving time at the end of our session today to um, ask and answer questions from you. Um, the other thing is we're going to be conducting a short poll at the end of our episode, uh, and folks who respond co correctly to our poll questions will get a very exclusive Conversing Labs t-shirt sent to them with the cool Conversing Labs logo, which you can kind of see on like the, oops, sorry, wrong way. See on the side of my screen and, um, you know, be the first one in your group of friends to, uh, to have one. So uh, hang out for the poll at the end and uh, I'll get you a t-shirt. Um, so without further ado, uh, I'm going to um, introduce our guest and uh, actually get them to tell you a little bit about themselves before we launch into our conversation on internal threat intel. Um, so to begin with, I'm going to start with my friend and colleague, uh, Hervoye. Hervoye, um, introduce yourself to the uh, audience. I don't think they've heard from you yet. Uh, thank you, Paul. Uh, so my name is Hervoye Samarjic. Uh, I've been with the Risk Labs for the last almost five years now. So. Time flies by when you're having fun. <laughs> uh, but prior to that, uh, my uh, IT security journey started with the uh, financial industry uh, almost a decade ago. Uh, so I started uh, auditing uh, IT systems. Uh, for, I was looking for flaws throughout uh, the bank system. Uh, I was uh, doing data mining on various kinds of logs. Uh, so. I would say that's that's when I fell in with, with the job with the industry because uh, you know I was uh, using my I would say data mining skills to hunt for anomalies uh, I, I would say bad guys in, in in our system so that kind of fun and that kind of adrenaline it's uh, hard to match so that's uh, uh, that's. That's basically my story. Now with Risen Labs, I'm, I'm using all of that experience and knowledge to create best possible threat intel uh, solutions based on data we have. Yeah, and I, I would say that during that time, my path crossed this uh, fabulous person who is going to introduce himself next. So he's, he's one of the, I would say, best threat hunters in the world. Uh, I'm making a small intro, uh, and uh, I, I would say his his path is not that uh, uh, different from mine because he's also the master the master of his uh, an environment because uh, you you probably didn't know that about James VT he's uh, an exceptional sysadmin as well but to now go in more details James or should I say Luigi please introduce yourself. Thanks. 
Those were everyone. Uh, yes, uh, I am a, an IT manager, uh, and uh, my company has um, hotels, uh, hospital, and uh, school. Mm. I manage uh, all inside my company from uh, domain controller, PC client, uh, internet contract, and uh, firewall, and uh, all uh, things that concern about uh, informatics, uh, server, and PC security. Yeah, right. You would say jack of all trades. Jack of all trades. That is the yeah. idiomatic expression. Yes. Um, so the first question for, for you all. So the topic today is um, threat intel, uh, internal threat intel. <clears throat> you're soaking in it, um, which if you're not from the United States and didn't grow up in the 80s like I did, is from a commercial for palm olive dishwashing liquid. Uh, but <laughs> I'll forgive you if you don't get the reference. Um, but uh, it's we're really talking about mining threat, it, you know, the threat intelligence within your own environment to kind of improve your cyber defenses. For Luigi and Hervoye, Hervoye, may, Hervoye maybe can take the first stab at this. Um, when we're talking about threat intelligence, what are we referring to? And, you know, what kind of distinguishes high quality threat intelligence from less high quality or low quality threat intelligence? Yeah, let's first start with uh, trying to define what uh, threat intel is. I mean, I've, I've read uh, in preparation for this session, I've read a couple of uh, definitions, but I, I would sum it up uh, uh, as, uh, as information that can help you defend yourself. So that's, that's the, the bottom line, because some, some of the I would say definitions uh, are focused on uh, like uh, uh, it's existing or emerging menaces or hazards. So I, I would say this threat intel is a bit wider to me. It, it also consists of information on your data, on your uh, system, on your uh, user behaviors, because all of that information is helping you defend yourself. It's also part of this threat posture uh, that's, that's in your environment. Uh, and I mean, to, to defend properly, you need to know both. You need to know yourself and need to know your opponent. Uh, so uh, when it comes to high quality, uh, I would say that, I mean, the, this um, topic, the, the subject of today's session is uh, internal or local threat intelligence. I would say that's almost the definition of high quality uh, uh, threat intelligence. I, I'm not saying that uh, external one cannot be high quality. I'm just saying that the uh, internal one is definitely providing the best value because it's got the right, um, I would say scope because it's all about you. It's timely as possible because it's happening real time in your system. Uh, and it's uh, definitely relevant. So it's uh, providing the, uh, the best value you, you, you can get from threat intel. It tells you who's attacking you and how. Uh, so that, that, that kind of uh, information, uh, it, 
even with the best external threat intelligence, there's some effort to uh, filter out the right scope, the right threats you are seeing in your environment. The, the I would say the the threat intel that's uh, tailored to your uh, to your um, uh, I would say uh, I don't know servers or mm-hmm. uh, OSs you use and, and so on. So uh, I would say high quality comes down to uh, this this kind of information. And Luigi, you you said that you know you work as a as an IT administrator on behalf of hospitals and and um, you know uh, other types of enter- enterprises. Um, what do you use um, both external and internal threat intelligence in your work? Um, and and how how do you use threat intelligence just in your day to day work? Uh, as an as an IT administrator, well, uh, um, threat intelligence is uh, is not easy for me to un- understand and explain because mm-hmm. uh, uh, there is some factor. Um, internal factor is understand uh, the user of my company and uh, mm, understand what they use, if they use webmail, if they use uh, not corporate software, and uh, if uh, they use WhatsApp or other application. And uh, the other factor is understand what uh, happened uh, in the world, the cyber threat, for example, if uh, um, Italy is under attack uh, with uh, ransomware or uh, other cyber attack, then uh, um, you must understand. Uh, that, that changes things for you if, if, the, if, the, if the larger context, threat context is, you know, you're in, you're in Italy, you're, you're working for companies that are operating in Italy and in, in that um, environment, there's, there are a lot of ransomware attacks going on. That changes the, the context, I guess. Yes, but for example, um, I can learn uh, so much from uh, mm-hmm. spam email uh, and what uh, malware I receive mm-hmm. from, uh, from spam. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I can uh, change some rules and inside mm-hmm. firewall uh, after I check uh, spam email. For example, for Ursniff, if I, uh, the anti-spam block uh, the email, uh, I check uh, the attachment. I mm-hmm. check what attachment do, mm-hmm. and the I, and um, for example, today I arrived. An um, TNT fake email with uh, one Excel document attachment, and uh, campaign was pulled this uh, today, but uh, the domain uh, was malicious, and I check if my firewall, if my uh, antivirus block it. If not block it, I manual 
uh, insert in the blacklist. This is one task uh, related to the threat intelligence. Uh, yeah. Or, for example, um, if I found, uh, as I tweet about, uh, a fake installer of Windows, uh, I check all IOC, I block all IOC. Um, IOC a, in, indicators of compromise. So, so yeah. right. Yep. Fake uh, domain, fake web, website, C2, um, mm -hmm. uh, about the malware uh, mm -hmm. contact. Um, so I think one, one question, and I'm sure all the people who are on this and listening have is, you know, you're talking about internal threat intelligence, where can they find it in their organization? Is this information that they might already be collecting, um, but maybe not using as well or, or, or um, um, mining for intelligence? So where can, where can, and Luigi, I think this is probably a question for you first, where can they find this um, information? You, I think you've given us an idea already in your answers, but just go ahead. Well, um, information, uh, in, in my case, I found it uh, in anti-spam because I manage anti-spam and uh, I, I check uh, all um, attachment. Other search, for example, is uh, Abuz Chaka, uh, Bazaar, URL House, um, and uh, some public. Uh, so these are like um, public sites where you can you can yeah. check yeah check these against yeah virus yeah and. Um, Better things is uh, that um, people should uh, understand and um, check what uh, the user inside the company do with the client. Yeah. Uh, I think that, uh, for example, if uh, um, in my case, I have firewall with software that check all uh, website visited. Uh, and I have some alert about fake uh, website or malicious website. Mm. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Roy, um, Luigi. Was I have. Yeah, oh, I ahead. have a yeah, question for Luigi. Yeah. Uh, Luigi, when you analyze your uh, uh, spam emails attachments, what kind of tools do you use for that? Do you have some internal sandboxes, or you? Refer to I don't know, Bazaar or I don't know, Aniron, some other tools to extract those IOCs. Uh, I use a lot of sandbox and free services, as you had mentioned, uh, for Excel document or uh, Office document in general. I use uh, Aniron. Uh, for uh, payloads, uh, I use to enter their labs. And uh, of course, I use uh, to reversing labs. Uh, 
sandbox. Um, and uh, it's very useful to upload the sample to Bazaar from Abu's uh, CA. And uh, because inside there is a lot of sandbox that uh, analyzes the sample. JSM box, uh, triage, there is uh, a lot of them. Mm. So it's, for uh, it's more easy with a uh, uh, free sandbox that uh, check every SQL sample in manual mode because uh, uh, I have uh, no time to, to do my work and uh, my passion that is uh, uh, related well, to my uh, Twitter yeah. account. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that brings up a good question, and I'm sure folks would say, which is, listen, I've got however many users, you know, a thousand users, 5,000 users in my environment. I'm getting millions of emails a day, you know, tens of thousands of attachments. Um, how do you scale th that type of analysis, sandboxing and analysis of, of attachments? Um, in a way that doesn't completely um, make it impossible to do anything else that you need to do. So how do you scale this, I guess, is the question. Um, you know, given that most of those attachments are just gonna be identified as known malware and a certain a small percentage of them are, are, are not. Um, but how do, you, um, how do you scale that, Luigi? In my case, um, I have a... Uh... Anti-spam from Libraesva, that is an Italian company. And I have some custom rule engaged. Uh, if a mail have a um, zipped, um, have an archive attachment, uh, is blocked by default. If it's an executable attachment, is blocked by default. If I have some office document, uh, if a document have inside macro is blocked by default, and then uh, I take uh, all blocked um, attachment and uh, I check it uh, manually. Uh, every single uh, every single file. Fortunately, uh, I receive a lot of spam, but uh, only five or ten mail with malicious attachment that is uh, easy for me manage all. So, so we, we talk a lot about how most attacks of sophisticated attacks these days start with, e you know, phishing emails and, and malicious attachments or malicious links and emails. Um, is, is, are, is that the most valuable kind of threat intelligence? Just that, that, um, you know, those attachments and, and that email traffic or, are there other sources um, and, and systems that, that you should be paying attention to as a, as a network defender, as a sysadmin, besides just the, you know, the spam traffic and the email traffic? Mm. As I speak about before, uh, the other important thing is understand what happened around you and uh, if uh, there is a remote desktop attack, uh, you must learn about it uh, and understand what you can do 
to defend uh, your company. For example, uh, open a, a remote desktop for a domain controller uh, is a void because uh, you must protect it with uh, IPU whitelist and uh, true with some uh, blacklist. Um, then uh, another task is uh, that all user that uh, inside the company that use PC client uh, not not must be uh, admin but a regular user and uh, you must block uh, manual installation of uh, apps or software by the vend by <coughs> from web from web end user. Mm. There are a lot of tasks that you can engage uh, related to treat intelligence. Mm. Treat intelligence, in my opinion, is uh, understand um, what is a cyber threat and uh, um, engage a lot of um, action to protect from inside threat and outside threat. Hervoy, um, uh, Luigi brings up a really good point, which is, you know, you need to understand what's going on within your environment and like what even just what platforms people are using. So for example, if people are using WhatsApp or Telegram, you know, those can be avenues for um, attack. And if you're not aware that they're being used, you're not going to be monitoring them. Um, but like what, um, how do you like, or, you know, Slack is a more common example as well, right? Like, how do you go from, you know, knowing that, you know, people are using WhatsApp within my environment to actually monitoring it and collecting, you know, um, and, and, and sort of managing it from a security standpoint and, and collecting, you know, potentially, you know, uh, threat intelligence from it? Uh, it's a question for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, know, uh, unless you want to punt it to, you, to Luigi. Yeah, yeah I'll, 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 I'll cover it, no, no worries. Uh, but I, I'm also interested in what Luigi has to say on that. I mean, uh, what we've been discussing uh, is it's paramount to know what your users need how do they behave? Uh, for instance, one, one thing that's uh, very uh, uh, cool about Luigi, he's been telling me about, he's restricting the usage of certain resources in his environment only on working hours. So there, there are many different uh, uh, ways how you can uh, limit the attack surface to your uh, uh, attackers. Uh, so they don't have the opportunity to use those tools that, that are, let, let's say, potential uh, attack vector. For, for instance, you can limit those, those hours uh, or like your users, if, if these tools are being misused, they will get a notification they are being used. So they can also see something fishy is going on. Uh, there, there's also a blacklist or whitelist uh, opportunity. You can uh, decrease the level of access rights for it, for each user. So it's basically 
tailoring your defenses based on your customer needs. So whatever happens outside of that uh, restricted access, it's a red alarm. So it's uh, creating uh, an, an environment when, you know, when, when an attacker tries to do something, they're like a bull in a china shop. They will just mm -hmm. kick every single uh, booby trap. Well, I, I will call it booby trap because whatever they do that's out of this standard, uh, it will create some kind of an alert. So knowing your environment and knowing, uh, so we haven't talked about this a lot about this external threat intelligence. It's about uh, the information on what the usual uh, TTPs, the tactics, tactics uh, of your uh, uh, adverse, uh, adversary are. So mm -hmm. by knowing what they will usually do, you can prepare to better detect those kinds of behaviors. I mean, they, they are on most, I mean, more and more they're trying, you know, to lay low and to be as much as possible uh, resembling your users. So, so they're mm -hmm. trying to, to, you know, to blend in, to, to, be, uh, to be your user, to mimic them. But by knowing that you can change something so they will stand out, out of the crowd. Uh, that, that's very important to know. Yeah, Luigi, I mean, we hear a lot today about, you know, uh, attackers like living, they say living off the land, right? So using, in, you know, common administrative tools, PowerShell and stuff like that to, um, you know, facilitate their activity, lateral movement and so on. Um, how do you handle that as an IT administrator and, and what, you know, because there's a lot of that activity going on all the time, most of it is not malicious. So how do you monitor like those really common administrative tools and look for behavior that may be suspicious or malicious? Mm. Can you explain better, please? Yeah, sorry, that was a long question, long way to word it. Um, so attackers use like common administrative tools like PowerShell a lot, right? Um, how do you, how do you, um, use local threat intelligence to help identify when they may be using, you know, that, that type of traffic that may be malicious? Mm. Well, <clears throat> mm. I have some reports from uh, Firewall that mm -hmm. uh, show me if I am under attack or uh, uh, there is um, some nasty traffic mm -hmm. and uh, I have engaged, for example, uh, into intro um, introduction prevention mm -hmm. system, mm -hmm. uh, gateway antivirus inside mm -hmm. the firewall, uh, botnet black, uh, blacklist. Uh, but in my, in my case, I have uh, um, prevention approach. I close all services that I don't need. Mm -hmm. um, I filter in server from outside the connection. And uh, as I said before, I use uh, a lot of um, whitelist and blacklist. Um, 
Yeah. Um, so um, you mentioned like spotting unusual, uh, you know, platforms like WhatsApp or Discord or things that employees may be using. How do you, once you know that those are in use, how do you monitor those or how do you, um, you know, um, do you, is it just about limiting use of those within your environment or is there a way to actually monitor them and, and uh, see if they're being used maliciously? I limited the user. Okay. Uh, so in this uh, case, uh, with firewalls, I can block uh, apps. So I can block uh, any desk, I can block uh, WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. And uh, someone, uh, some <clears throat> and uh, if a user need uh, to use WhatsApp or other uh, application that, that is not related uh, to the work, uh, I have um, our Wi-Fi connection that is not connected with the, the domain controller. Mm -hmm. And uh, I tell uh, to the user to use uh, own uh, smartphone or uh, own uh, notebooks uh, yeah. that, uh, that are not business device right. uh, to uh, do all... Um, yeah. So could you give us an example, uh, Luigi, of how of you how you were able to use like local <clears throat> threat intelligence or internal threat intelligence to actually identify an attack? Can you give us like a an example or a war story from either the recent past or whatever about how you were able to go from you know yeah yeah go ahead uh, a lot of years ago. Uh, yep. When I started to work with uh, my actual company, um, I realized that uh, some um, firewall was uh, under attack. Mm. And uh, I identified the IP, is, is a Columbia University. And then with this information and um, this malicious task that uh, I log, um, I decide um, to block all connection to all my firewall uh, from only two IP and not uh, as it was before that uh, everyone could be connected to the uh, firewall login. This is uh, one example. Or uh, another example, and uh, when I was hit by a ransomware seven years ago, uh, I started to learn more about it. And I started to learn uh, how to um, protect from ransomware. And I engage some tasks, uh, change anti-spam, change antivirus solution, um, and change how I back up all my data company and uh, all my virtual machine. And right. uh, I understand how ransomware uh, eat my company. 
seven years ago, ransomware was from uh, malicious domain when a user visited or from spam email. Uh, today, uh, ransomware uh, is um, an attack from a remote desktop for uh, most of the case. Then uh, you must uh, understand it and take a right decision to protect uh, Roya, I know, you know, obviously reversing labs works with organizations around, you know, threat identification a lot. Um, what are you seeing out there just with the, the, you know, customers you're working at and how they're leveraging <clears throat> both internal and external threat intelligence and kind of maybe like, how do you, how do you, is there a way to, um, to, com to combine those two sources uh, 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 to improve, you know, internal threat detection, threat hunting? Like how did what's the what's the mix of internal versus external, and and how are companies leveraging that right now? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I would say that the uh, local uh, internal threat intelligence intelligence is the the cornerstone stone of the threat intel programs, and that is definitely how anyone should start. You know, try because that involves uh, you know creating processes around your environment, collecting logs, inspecting those, you know, le learning about yourself. And uh, with some maturity, then uh, I would say external uh, threat intel feeds come into play. But uh, I, I would say uh, that uh, is sometimes just a checkbox. So uh, meaning, that this external threat intel is not always, uh, I would say, verified. Like, uh, does it really make a difference uh, to, to the, to the uh, consumer environment or not? Because it's, uh, it always has to be a specific focus, a specific scope, you know, to get the best uh, value out of it. So what people will tend to do is buy several. So with having a couple of them, they are, I would say, certain they will get what they need. Uh, so that it's uh, how it usually plays out. Uh, it's not, a, I would say, a bad uh, way of doing it. I, I'm just saying it's maybe not cost, best cost-effective way of doing it. Uh, but other than that, there are, you know, very different levels of maturity between companies and investments being made in the field. So depending on that, you have, uh, you know, people, you know, when it comes to external threat intelligence, uh, I would say open source uh, threat intelligence uh, is uh, the main source of external threat intelligence with, I would say, more mature companies, you know, having different vendors providing different uh, types of threat intelligence because there is not only this tactical level with uh, uh, lots of uh, IPs, uh, domains, or URIs, emails, or whatever uh, te technical level of indicators, but there's also a higher level of intelligence that uh, big companies need to make uh, database decisions on where to invest because uh, 
with, with all the global situation and uh, you know attacks like uh, evolving, being more sophisticated, uh, and uh, you know it's really posing a great threat to to any uh, uh, enterprise. Uh, there are big investments being made and uh, they, they need to be really, the, the battles that they're choosing need to be, need to be chosen very wisely, you know, to get the best value out of uh, threat intel programs. Just, just a note to our uh, attendees, we are gonna be taking questions from the audience. So if you've got a, a questions for Luigi uh, or Boye, um, use the question and answer feature and Carolyn is uh, here with us and she's going to be taking your questions and she'll pass them on um, at the, in a couple of minutes. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, you, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I, I would like to add something uh, I've missed to comment when uh, uh, Luigi was saying he's using Malware Bazaar and uh, other, I don't know, like any run and other, other tools for, um, uh, basically creating his uh, local threat intel because the, uh, the these files he's uh, getting uh, on his uh, email uh, they are just a starting point. You, I mean, you, you need to analyze those files. But uh, I, I would like to emphasize the importance of uh, sharing those files with the community because uh, what Luigi is doing is uh, very important to the community, and I want to stress that. Uh, like multiple times because by uploading uh, his files, his findings, because it's not only files he sees in his environment, it comes from all over the space and beyond. Uh, it's uh, providing his, his local threat intel is basically uh, the world's threat intel because by using those platforms, he's sharing all of that information worldwide. And it's, uh, I mean, everybody knows James Watts. Uh, because of, of because of this, he's he's really tireless uh, when comes when it comes to sharing this information. So yeah, Luigi, tell us about that. How did you get in? How did you come from just sort of de dealing with the stuff that's going on in your environment to sort of saying, I want to I want to kind of engage with the broader threat hunting community and share what I know and obviously get back what they know. And 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 has that helped you in your work? Uh, did you ask me how I started? Yeah. What, when did you get the idea to start, you know, going on Twitter and really sharing what you were learning with the broader community? Mm. I think uh, about uh, eight years ago. I start all uh, with... Uh, a uh, malware forum where um, a lot of people uh, ask uh, help because uh, uh, they was infected. And then I started to open a virus total account that at, at the time was a free account with no uh, ability to download sample. Then uh, I know Malware Hunter team, and I start to open a Twitter account. And then I know other people um, that uh, give me um, a lot of trust. And uh, 
insert me uh, inside uh, other uh, malware hunter forum and um, um, they give me uh, virus total intelligence account and then start uh, uh, start to work with uh, my actual company and uh, after uh, I was it uh, uh, with the ransomware I start to learn myself because uh, uh, no at the time no I had not found any solution that can protect myself then I started to learn myself and uh, I start uh, mm, my Twitter account and my my nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is a, is a, uh, all yeah. starting from uh, an infection when my yeah. my company was it. I start uh, to learn yeah. more, 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 and I start uh, uh, to social uh, Twitter account and. Uh, yep, and her voice. Um, Luigi mentioned malware malware hunter team. They're a very famous group of of folks like Luigi who are really deep in this. Are there other sources online that folks can use? I mean, Luigi just said like I got hit and I needed to you know deal with that and then also learn more about why I got hit. Um, are there other resources out there online that folks should know about for getting some of this information and and kind of improving their awareness, their threat awareness? Uh, you mean like uh, open source threat intel sources? Uh, open source threat intel sources, um, uh, forums and communities, um, obviously individual, you know, kind of Twitter handles or, or groups. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say Twitter rules uh, these communities. Uh, there's a lot of uh, information being uh, shared, shared through, yeah. through Twitter. Yeah, yep. but uh, I would say it's sometimes uh, hard to, to follow everything. It's really overwhelming. It's so, yeah, a lot of noise, uh, a lot of noise. I mean, uh, th there are a couple of accounts that you will, if you start from James Watt and see a couple of his uh, connections, you, you can like limit yourself to a couple of dozens at most tops of accounts that are uh, really uh, sharing the most valuable data. I, I wouldn't go farther than that because there's just too much noise. Uh, and this, a lot of this information, at least the, the most valuable one gets retweeted and it will definitely be tweeted by some of these accounts. So that's when it comes to Twitter. But uh, like, uh, like we were discussing about these, uh, uh, I would say platforms like uh, UCH, their Malware Bazaar and uh, Feodor Tracker. Uh, there's also, I mean, a lot of a lot of stuff is uh, publicly available on VirusTotal. So mm -hmm. many of the files you come across in your environment will already be uploaded somewhere, like uh, on on Bazaar or uh, VirusTotal, and you get a you get a lot of information already. Uh, being prepared in those places. Uh, so guys, you will usually 
pull down their data and uh, cross-reference in their environment because there is no need to like, uh, if you're a smaller shop, there's almost no need to invest in, uh, in your uh, analysis capabilities when a lot of this data is already available. Uh, but the, those, when the environment scales up, there are more incidents, it gets more complex and you need to automate uh, on pulling all of that data and actually leveraging that data. Because what, uh, what, what's, uh, I mean, um, James Watt is a great example of how a well-motivated, uh, knowledgeable sysadmin can become a world threat hunter. Uh, and he's, uh, he, he, he's, uh, he's threat intel, local threat intel now is, uh, I would say world threat intel. And I'll thank him again for that. But when the operation scales up, then the automation comes into play. So then when your analysis system needs to build up, there's probably some threat intelligence platforms you will need to organize all of that data and share across your organization and pull in the data from likes of external TI vendors, pull the data from also from, from Twitter, from Malabazar and other, other places that offer this information for free. So the, the more complex your uh, environment is, the more complex your threat info program will get. Okay, um, that's, we're almost, almost at the end of our, our talk. Um, Kellen, do we have any uh, questions to uh, put to Hervoye uh, and uh, Luigi? We do have some questions. Hi, everybody. My name is Carolyn Van Arsdale. I'm a cyber content creator here at Reversing Labs. Welcome back, so our, Carolyn. Hi, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Uh, so for our first question, I have a question um, for James. Uh, do you ever run simulations to test efficiency of existing controls or test detection um, if, for example, you drop some IOC objects to production environment? Yes, I test uh, um, some uh, some tests. For example, I I try to hack myself, and um, you try to ha hack yourself, uh, kind yeah. of red team red team your own environment. Yeah, uh, from inside and outside, uh -huh. and. Uh, um, it was very important to understand what I can change to protect more. Uh, obviously, you can't uh, uh, protect uh, 100% yeah. all, uh, all uh, but uh, I learn uh, from myself how to improve. Then, uh, to check if uh, um, Mm, Antivirus solution work. I have uh, um, a real PC client where I run uh, malicious uh, sample, ransomware, or uh, office document that try to download the payload from uh, uh, malicious domain. Mm. Not every time uh, all uh, go good, but uh, sometimes, for example, uh, 
antivirus solution not uh, identify the malicious document, but uh, is able to block the domain and the malicious domain or uh, payload. In other case, um, I, I try to uh, to run some uh, ransomware uh, and check if I, I am able to restore all backup. Uh, then uh, three tasks, hack yourself, run malicious sample and uh, some disaster recovery task. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank so you. I have a question. Oh, okay. I'll go ahead. Uh, Hervoye, I have a question for you. Um, with the rise of AI solutions, in your opinion, how far are we from having AI replacing all or most of the work uh, threat intelligence analysts are doing? Is that already happening and is that possible? Uh, yeah, interesting question. Uh, uh, I, I would say that uh, as far as AI goes with cybersecurity, we are we are leveraging machine learning in in different places. So it's a it's a, it's an attempt to find patterns, behaviors uh, that you know can be uh, pulled out from these huge volumes of data that that are generated uh, to better defend. But I would say that even these machine learning models are today um, uh, modeled with the help of humans. And that's, that's, that's as far as it goes today. And I don't see AI being leveraged or, or replacing uh, threat analysts or cybersecurity personnel any, anytime soon. Uh, because even when the true AI joins cyber ranks, I believe they'll be working hand by hand because uh, AI doesn't know what are our interests, uh, how do we think, and so on. They'll definitely need some helping hand. So we, we are safe for now, <laughs> uh, at least our jobs. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> All right, Paul. Other, what are we thinking? Um, so we're gonna right. we're the, in the, we're we're gonna do we're gonna push you a poll question, and uh, this is for this is for the um, uh, we actually have two poll questions, but uh, only one of them is really a uh, a question question, uh, and folks who answer this right are gonna get a Conversing Labs T-shirt. So uh, here we go. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna launch the question, and the question is, uh, what are common sources of internal threat intelligence? Um, and uh, the options are third-party software bill of materials, open source repositories, or network sensor logs, email gateway, endpoint security agents. If you answer this correctly, you will get a Conversing Labs t-shirt. And we'll give you another 30 seconds <laughs> to answer. People Googling furiously.
10 seconds left to answer, folks. Okay. I'm going to end the poll. Okay. Uh, the correct answer, the credited answer, as they often say, is network sensor logs, email gateway, endpoint security agents. Those are all the sort of um, some of the things that uh, Luigi and Hervoye were talking about. I can guess like open source repositories in theory. Well, we, might, we might give you a t-shirt for answering that, but, but generally for internal threat intelligence, um, not really talking about open source repositories. Okay, final question just to push to you is more kind of a follow-up question. Um, and that is, if you'd like, if you'd like uh, to learn more about uh, leveraging internal threat intelligence, um, please let us know and we will follow up with you with some additional information, um, resources that might help you in, uh, in, your, in your own endeavors. Um, and with that, um, I think in terms of just wrapping up, uh, Hervoye and, and Luigi, any final um, uh, recommendations or advice to people who are on the line um, who maybe like Luigi are in your situation, sysadmin, um, and looking to just get started using local threat intelligence? Um, what, what should be, what should they do? What are some first, some, some easy things that they can do uh, to, to make use of this? Luigi, with you? Or her voice. Uh, yeah. As I said before, check uh, own environment. Uh, check if uh, there is some hole, some back door open. For back door, I mean uh, remote desktop open to all. And uh, check if you have. Uh, a good anti-spam, check if you have some uh, group policy inside uh, your company to, to check what your user do and um, block what you don't want that user. <coughs> and I think that uh, is a, this is a first step. Hmm. Yeah. Boy, yeah. I, I, I'm, I can add on. I mean, Luigi is the best, uh, uh, I would say, proof that knowing your environment is, is very important. So that is the, the start uh, of knowing what's uh, like not in your baseline, because all of that is your local threat intel. So whatever stands out, that's the starting point of, uh, uh, I would say the iteration cycle, because on ba based on all of that information, you, e you either monitor or block that what, what you yeah. found and you do it constantly over and over. Right. So every day Luigi will take uh, part of his uh, malware samples, pull out the, the IOCs, block that or tweak his environment so he can better detect their TTPs. So it's a constant, constant process and you need yeah, to I mean, iterate all listen the time. To yes, the there is a, so yeah. another, uh, another thing that- uh, Yeah, go ahead. Um, about threat intelligence. Understand the malware spam campaign. For example, if you check my sample at the malware bazaar uh, related to SNF, 
you can understand uh, with uh, the upload date of the sample that uh, um, Uznif campaign are uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for, uh, for one month, two months, every, uh, every time. Or uh, other campaign are only one, uh, one time at month. Uh -huh. uh, about uh, two years ago before uh, COVID, uh, they was uh, um, malware campaign where uh, I can predict malware campaign because uh, uh, they follow cybercrime, follow a scheme. Uh, when eating, uh, for example, Italy uh, with uh, Usnif or Godz, where and um, it's funny. Uh, predict to uh, malicious domain name. For example, uh, last uh, domain was uh, uh, fast link or link fast. When uh, you receive one office document with fast link, you can try reverse the domain name and maybe you are uh, lucky and mm -hmm. you have found another I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's really interesting. This, a lot of what you're talking about is just using the tools that you've already got, right? It's not like there are, there, there are new silver bullet magic tools to help you do this. It's kind of using the information and tools you've probably already got, firewall, anti-spam, et cetera, but just doing it in a lot more active way with a lot quicker you know, response time and, and, and also staying on top of active threats and campaigns in a way that, you know, not kind of sitting back and just hoping that the tools work, right? Okay, um, I think that brings us to the top of the hour. And so uh, I want to thank uh, Herboye and Luigi and Carolyn again um, so much for, for joining us. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another Conversing Labs episode. And we're gonna be continuing to uh, explore this amazingly interesting area, arena of threat hunting, malware research, malware investigation and reverse engineering. So. Um, we hope you join us. If you've got uh, topics that you'd like us to discuss, um, please feel free to uh, send us an email. Let us know um, what you're interested in, and we'll try and get it uh, get it on the agenda. Um, but uh, Luigi, thanks so much for joining us. Ravoye, thanks so much for being here. We really appreciated having you both.